Hi, I'm Amanda. I'm Tina, and it is what it is. Welcome to It Is What It Is, a podcast where two sisters show up as authentically as possible in effort to empower themselves and others to heal, learn, grow, and live a life that is better than you ever dreamed. Hello? Okay. (laughs) Well, hey guys. Um, I don't usually lead us off, but here I am doing brave new things, and welcome to episode seven. Hello, everybody. Amanda's cleaning her glasses. Anyway, so last week, a little bit of a choppy episode. Um, Really wasn't that bad. I think we were a little bit harder on ourselves, but I think it was just time for us to have a little powwow about um, why we were being shitheads. Um, More so me than anything, but here I am. Um, But... Yeah, I, you know, we had that unintentional, vulnerable moment, and we confronted the fact that we haven't been fully invested with this podcast, Um, but since then, the question that has kept circling in my brain that Amanda asked me is, like, why I don't feel like I deserve good things, Uh, not only for myself, but for us, and I kind of just come to the conclusion that I've been dealing with like high functioning anxiety, but also situational depression. And that's a conclusion that I've come to with myself, but also with my own therapist. Um, yeah, I have not, I have not been doing too hot for, I don't know how many months now, five months now. Um, I I'm depressed. I haven't really known what to do about it. And I've been taking like very, tiny, tiny baby steps the past five months that have been like the same thing, one step forward, two steps back. Um, before we like jump into everything though, I never want anybody to think that this podcast is like a doom and a gloom type of shindig because that's definitely not mine or Amanda's intention. Um, I think it's just to show up real and sometimes you show up real and raw and her and I have been going through a really raw and real time. How many times can I say real and raw in the same 60 seconds (laughs) in our life? Um, We've dealt with a lot of transition myself in the past few years, Amanda in the past few months. (laughs) Yeah. And, and we've had a lot of trauma and this is uh, for me, at least made me pretty pessimistic where like, I have a hard time seeing the good in situations. I have a hard time looking at the bright side with myself, like with others, I can do that. But like inward, I'm not good at that. Um, And I've just been really reflecting on how to get myself out of it or not even like out of it because this is a part of who I am and this is a part of like how I've grown with my trauma. Um, But how do I grow through this to kind of just change, shift my mindset um, 
And I, and I have described in my personal episode that like the anxiety disorder aspect has gotten better, but the depression that I've been dealing with this year specifically has been one like no other. Yeah. Um, and I think that I didn't, I haven't really realized until we started taking notes for this, that this was depression. Um, so I'm just kind of naming it for the first time. I think Tina is too. So in this episode, we want to talk about our struggles with sudden on onset depression, specifically situational depression and how we've worked through it and how we continue to work through it. But before we start, um, I'm going to pull from the warrior goddess wisdom, see what kind of wisdom we got for today. Yes. And then while she's flipping her book, I am holding on to um, my opal skull, which is like facing fears because this episode like last week was heavy, but this takes it to new heights because um, you'll find out. And then I'm holding on to my zebra Jasper because um, not everything is black and white and there's a lot of parts to depression and things that cause depression. And um, again, you'll find out. And I am holding on to um, my, one of my blue lace agate pieces, which is um, it's blue throat chakra speaking your truth. Um, so that's what I got today, but all right, let's see what warrior goddess wisdom. I am looking forward enormously to getting back to the sea again, where the over overstimulated psyche can recover in the presence of that infinite peace and spaciousness, which I think is just right on time. Cause guess where we're going this weekend. Did you, did you just, did you just randomly pull that up or did you look for that? No, I just randomly pulled that up. Jeez. I know. Fucking magical. <laughs> we're going stimulated psyche. That is me. Anyway, yeah. sorry for interrupting. Here I am. We're going, yeah, we're going to the ocean this weekend. So when was the last time you went to the ocean or wandered through a quiet forest? It's easy to forget that we are part of nature. We crave the touch and, and the feel of the water, earth, and living things. When we go for any stretch of time without access to the outdoors, the balance is tipped in our psyche in favor of our thinking mind. Nature is one of the best healers of our overstimulated minds and returns us to the most potent source of our energy, our physical and emotional connection to earth. Even if you can't make it to the waves or to the trees, you can always take time to return to the elements. Take a bath in warm water, cuddle with a furry creature, let the sun warm your skin, or consciously breathe in and out for a period of time. Today's action, close your eyes and envision yourself floating in the waves or resting in the shade of a tree. Make it as vivid and real as possible. Let your mind quiet and your heart be full. And I think this is also perfect. We mentioned this a little bit in this episode and we've mentioned it before, but Tina and I, big time when we're struggling, turn to nature. And um, this has come up for me a couple of times within the past couple of days. Uh, literally this morning, I was sitting at my desk doing my card pull and looked out the window and there was a girl taking a walk. And I was like, that looks like a good idea. And then I tried to like scroll through my phone and distract myself from the fact that that looks like a good idea. Um, and then my guide started yelling at me, like go for a fucking walk. I was like, all right, we're going for a walk. So I walked before work this morning and um, I take the same little route and at the end there was this tree. <laughs> I was like, I just want to touch that. I didn't tell you this yet, but I was like, I just want to touch the tree. So Get I the tree. get away from the tree. I touched the tree, but like I stretched at the same time so that people wouldn't think I was weird if they were driving by. But like, I just touched Did the tree fart? for a minute. No, I didn't fart. 
I was stretching. <laughs> I thought you were going to say like, I stretched and I moved to the side, then I farted. I'd be like, wow, that's relaxation at its height. No. Anyway, don't roll your eyes at me. It's fine. Everybody does it. Don't be self-conscious. Not self-conscious. is in fart in that moment. Um, and then <laughs> also one of the coaches that I'm working with has been telling me for the past week to like take a bath in salt water. Um, and I misunderstood. So I'm going to have to do this again. I thought she was saying if you don't have Epsom salts, you can use table salt. But she was telling me to use both. So today after work, I literally got into the bath with my Epsom salts with lavender and that was good. And she's like, look, add the salt, the table salt to it. And it's going to feel like you like peeled a layer of like heaviness off of you. So mention the bath, mention the trees. Tina's been sticking her hands in dirt and gardening all weekend. So yeah, I have, I have. Yeah. I, um, I made my garden. I started my garden boxes. Uh, this year for the first time I, started seeds from nothing with a grow lamp and a little self-watering little baby jizzy greenhouse so that was pretty cool um and so yeah set all that up lugged 12 bags of dirt from my car to the front of the house all the way to the backyard so felt like um a little bit of a badass there paul did help with a few but the guy at walmart was like this old guy at walmart was like checking me out while i was filming in my car i was like hello sir how's it going um but then before this episode there was like a really awesome thunderstorm. It actually was like our first boomer of the season. And then I also went and bought more flowers and planted more flowers in the backyard because I was trying to get my mind right for this episode. Um, I don't know with you, Amanda, like how difficult this is for you, but this is very like, if I get teary at any point, just bear with me because this is a lot for me to talk about. Oh yeah. Same. Um, so yeah, let's, uh, let's dive let's in. Jump in. <laughs> um, so I kind of like, I did, a, I took the lead this time after our powwow, we talked about like giving each other more responsibility in different areas. And so I took the lead on the note taking. So I kind of broke it down into sections of like the background of like, just what the hell is going on. Um, what is situational depression, kind of where we are right now, what our experiences, and so on and so forth. There's a lot going on here. And concluding thoughts, because I like to bring my babbling full circle. Hey, can I give you feedback? Or is it too no. soon? Okay. It's too soon. Leave me alone. <laughs> I'll remind you what? later. What do you want? What do you want? Nope, I'll tell you later. Go ahead. Am I, pro- am I projecting? Am I, am I setting, am I getting people ready for what we're going to do? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> I thought of that halfway through of what I was saying. Don't need your feedback. Thanks. Okay. You I'm s- sorry. That was really mean. That was you really said mean. no, I was going to honor that. And then you yelled at me. So yeah, sorry. I apologize. Here Go right. ahead. Anyway. All right. Let me just hold my crystal here. Just put it on my chest. Um, Without going into detail, because this, all of what we are talking about today is going to sound in a roundabout way, because this is not our story to tell, um, but this is a story that has impacted us very, very greatly. Um, Amanda and I received, not even being dramatic, but quite literally life-altering news in January that has affected our whole family. Um, 
it was out of the blue and right after helping Amanda with leaving her soon to be ex-husband um, after her own cancer scare. And then right in the midst of like Paul and I trying to buy our first home at, oh, you clicked in my area, distract me anyway. Um, and also like to put it lightly, when you're buying a house, they question your life. Like you are Tony Soprano about ready to be indicted for gangster shit. <laughs> Uh, so getting paperwork together and, and trying to sort that out and pack up and all that, it was just, there was a lot going on. Um, to put it lightly for myself, initially my world just like came crashing down and I didn't react how I normally would in a crisis situation. Like you hear Manza and I talk a lot about how we're really good in crisis situations. And if somebody's like dead or if something's going on, we're like, all right, where do you need me? And I froze. Like, I just remember my whole body going from, like, I was fine. I was calm, talking about, like, run-of-the-mill everyday stuff. And then I could feel, like, it was, like, the tip of my head all the way down just, like, tingling. And then I was just very clammy and cold. Um, and my first response was, like, it's going to be okay. Literally, it's going to be okay. Uh, but Paul is here with the tacos, and I got to go now. And then I hung up the phone. Uh clever right uh i don't i don't know and then i just hung up the phone and i went immediately into an anxiety attack just staring into nothing um paul came up he was like what's going on and after that like i said i went through the most rapid anxiety attack i had ever had followed by the biggest cry i've ever had in my life and it was a reminder of like how you can plan for things, but you can't plan for everything. Like you can, like, let's say that life can be a blueprint of what you think is going to happen, but you're always in the rough draft phase because you're always revising and editing stuff in your life. Like nothing is ever concrete except the fact that you're born and, and you die <laughs> not to be morbid, but you know? Yeah. You're right though. And it hit me so hard. Like I was just like, okay. So yeah, when we got this news, uh, my initial reaction was that I was aggravated because I was literally the last, like I was the last phone call. Um, I have this thing about being the last to know things. And I think within the context of our family, me being the last to know has largely been a function of the fact that I was the oldest kid and I was out of the house first. Um, so I was just kind of the last to know, but even still, for whatever reason, I am often the last to know things and it makes me feel anxious and upset because it makes me feel like I've been forgotten or that I'm not important or um, makes me feel like I didn't get the same time to like process and respond as everybody else did. And in this particular instance, um, like I said, I was the last phone call and either way that was upsetting for me. And on top of that, like Tina said, this was like a turbulent time for me regardless. Like I just left my ex-husband. I had a cancer scare. Um, and then like I was just like big, big sad and trying not to be a huge bummer while Paul and Tina were celebrating buying their first house. So it was just a lot. I think you did a good job and not to be random, but I do do this in our episodes. I was scrolling through our pictures the other day like scrolling through the pictures on my phone the other day and I pulled up to the picture on like New Year's Eve where I put that big fucking New Year's Eve hat on you with the glasses and the and the beads and like your your body language like now hindsight like you totally weren't having it but you were just being a good sport 
I think I took a picture of me with that get up on and I think I put a caption of like when life tries to get you down but you're still here or something like that <laughs> with my 2021 glasses and my new year's party hat oh my gosh we still had a good night and Joey was there that was fun um but yeah yeah there was just like <laughs> when I tell, talk to my friends sometimes they're like you're you guys can never catch a break and honestly it does feel like that from time to time if I'm like gonna have a moment of like pity party sometimes it really feels like we can't catch a break but what's really helped in like our own spiritual journey is that everything is happening for a reason and everything is teaching us and I don't mean that in a cliche way but anyway so yeah situational depression it's exactly what it sounds like it's depression brought on by this by some sort of sudden life shift um, again, I want to like be concrete in the fact that like, this is not my or Amanda's story to tell, but we are able to share our own experience with it. Um, and we're, we're going to respect boundaries, but also honor ourselves in the process. Um, but it can be due to things like death in the family, being in an abusive relationship slash work environment, like, like name it, you name it. And it's there, like legal battles. It could be like right after, for example, when Paul and I got married, after the whole hype of like build up, build up, build up to the wedding, after I went through kind of situational depression because there was not that there was nothing to work towards, but there wasn't like this big festivist hurrah. It took like, it, anyway. Um, but yeah, it can be any life event that's out of the norm for you. And it can bring on bouts of crying, aches and pains, appetite changes, sleepless nights, lack of energy, inability to concentrate, all of that. Um, yeah, it's it's difficult. And there's all different types of depression, but this has been this has been a lot. Once we get into kind of like how we've dealt with it, I'll tell you a little bit more about my experience. Yeah, and I think um I again, like I didn't really know about situational depression until I started like doing some research for this episode and looking at the different types of depression. So I think that for me and probably for you too, Tina, like this is, this is the most common type of depression for us because I don't think that we are clinically depressed and that we, we suffer like, you know, every day where it's or, all yeah. the time. Um, but I think it's also important to mention that like, although this type of depression is triggered by some kind of event or circumstance that you might not be consciously aware of what that event or circumstance was. Like if you're anything like us, you kind of expect bad things to happen. And so when they do like, like that chaos feels normal. Like, like she said a few minutes ago, like, where, what can I do? Where do you need me to be? What do I need to fix? Whatever. But, um, I feel like we're a little desensitized to bad things happening. And when you spend so much time in survival mode. What is that? This, is that Turbo? Jet and Turbo have literally been laying down all night. And now all of a sudden they want to like play. <laughs> I, um, I thought it was you like shuffling your crystals on your table. I was nope. like, all right. <laughs> They're both just running around. But Jet is playing. Uh, uh. So he... I wish you could put like a before and after picture of him, not to be, you know, derailing again, but I just love him as a little sausage boy now. He's so cute. Yeah, Jet. Um, Jet's been through a lot of trauma too. He understands situational depression. 
yeah, Jet Jet's my ride or die. But just just as a little side note, like since I have left my soon to be ex husband, um, Jet has gained weight. He had and like he plays like Jet never used to play. Like he's like shredding up a toy right now. God love him. And, but, he, uh, and he gives kisses now. Yeah, and he like wants pets. He he's a different dog. Like his he's he's still anxious, but like not nearly as much as he was. But anyway. So when you spend so much time in survival mode, like things that would otherwise derail someone just kind of feel like, eh, okay, <laughs> this is just the next yeah. thing. So I'm not saying that it's a good thing. I'm just saying that that's how it's been for me. So when these things happen, it's not, we don't, we don't <laughs> tend to have that. Like, I I'm just, sorry. I hear them. Excuse me. They're chasing Is each that other. Both of them? Yes, they're playing Wait, together. Could you please take a video of that for me? I need to see this. Sorry, guys. Pause. Pause the podcast. Anyway, we're uh, Jet and Turbo have like just randomly decided to get the zoomies, so they look like oh, okay. Turbo's laying down. We're we're chilling out. It's because they pooped. It's because they took a poop. They felt lighter. Yep. It happens like that. So. Yes, where were we with this very delightful conversation? Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we just kind of like expect these things to happen and then we like write it off with some dark humor. We're like, <laughs> I'm fine. Yeah. Um, and then like, you know, the normal response would be to kind of like go on about your life. But then once I get, once I get back past, excuse me, wow, I got excited remix. Uh, once I get past the whole like dark humor thing, then I go into like, the dwelling phase, which is not good for myself at all. Um, so life as we know it right now, Amanda and I, again, have had to face a lot of adversity in our short lives. Our family motto should really honestly be like, Wenny, witty, wiki. It's not Venny. I took Latin, just so you know. Wenny, witty, wiki. Um, we have come to many forks in the road. We have seen a lot more than what your typical 25 and 29 year old have seen. And we have conquered 100% of the shit we have been through. Um, we also have had a lot of good in our life, which for me at least makes me feel horrible for having any sort of negative feelings and like further fuels the fire of uh, wrestling with, I guess, what do we call it? Self-doubt or just wrestling with my own emotions. Uh, it feels like I'm dishonoring like the family code of ethics. Not that anybody has explicitly said that uh, or that like I'm ungrateful because I've been provided for. Uh, but I realize now more than ever, it's doing a lot more harm for me to talk myself out of how I'm feeling or to punish myself for like these realizations I'm having. Um, and like what I'm trying to do now is just hold space for the feelings that I have while still living the life that I have, which in this current situation and, and some people are like five months, that's a long time, but it's, it's been like the quickest, but also longest time ever of trying to figure this out. It's been incredibly hard. Yeah. Um, something that's been super difficult for me to wrap my brain around is that the experiences of other people do not invalidate my experience. And it's really easy for me to get into this headspace where I compare my life to everybody else's life. And I tell myself that I should be grateful for everything that I have and that other people have it worse than me. And I'm realizing now that not only is this like toxic positivity, but it's also my programming. Like 
holding space for emotions is not something that our family has ever really been good at. And because of that, I have this conditioning where I feel like I need to focus on what I do have and what I can be grateful for. And so I'm here to tell you that regardless of what anyone else is experiencing, your experience and your emotions about that experience are valid, period. Yeah, for sure. And on top of that, we were raised to value our achievements and much of our recognition came from what we accomplished. And that's not a value judgment against our parents. That's just the way it was. And it's the way that society is really like, there's so much value placed on what you do and less on who you actually are. But here's the thing. There's no award for like who can achieve the most while simultaneously suffering. And this idea that we're only good when we're holding it all together doesn't leave room for how we feel. So when we do feel whatever that feeling is, we feel ashamed for having it and we feel like we need to keep it to ourselves and we get really good at making it look like we have it all together when we're secretly suffering in silence. And I also think that for me, like the weight of all these things that we have been through finally caught up to me last year. Like I mentioned in my episode, like I just didn't realize how much I had been carrying it all kind of just caught up to me all at once. I was like, fuck. Yeah. Um, I was going to also add that, you know, have you ever heard like the saying, God gives his strongest battle to his toughest warriors? I think I've said that before. Yeah. And that also really messes with me. Not because like the religious aspect, but like I don't feel like I'm getting stronger with each challenge that I was giving that comes our way. I think that I'm like getting more, like I feel like. I feel like Gary the snail with no shell, like a squishy blob with like deer in the headlight eyes. And I'm just like, I'm vulnerable and I don't know what to do about it. Um, Like I'm okay in the initial, initial crisis mode, but I need a long time to recover after the fact. Yeah. I just bought um, mugs for me, one for me, one for Tina and one for our cousin that says everything happens for a reason, but what the fuck? (laughs) again dark humor is what we're best at um so again i put a uh, graphic in here to kind of show i like to show amanda what i'm thinking but i also like to show myself and visuals are a big thing for me um and so what the past five months for me i felt like is like spiraling but not like spiraling as in I know when you hear the word spiraling, you like, I think of people who suffer with like drugs or I don't know where my brain is going, but the core feelings that I've held on to are loss and confusion. Like that, that's what I come back to when I need to like ground myself in some sort of reality is loss. I just, I have a big sense of loss and a big sense of confusion. Um, And in this spiral I've been going through, there have been repeated themes that I'm wrestling with because at different points in the past five months, um, it seems like a lot of like repeated patterns at this time. Would you agree? Yeah. Like it's cyclical in a way, but um, yeah. So kind of like with myself, not even, not about anybody else, but like, how, how do I figure out like what's too much for me? I kind of always like worn this badge of honor of like, I can handle anything. I can show up. I don't care about like what it does to me. Um, I like, I'll deal with that after the fact, but what I'm realizing, like I said, is that 
I'm not, it doesn't make me stronger to deal with more and more challenges. It makes me more vulnerable. Um, so trying to like figure out that boundary for myself, feeling really happy for what's going on in my own life. Like I eat my, as Aunt Adrian likes to refer to him, my adorable husband, um, our life, our house, you know, Amanda, her life, you know, just what we're doing, like life is still going on and feeling happy about the things that I'm accomplishing, um, feeling happy and things that I'm doing. Are they getting ready for round two? Oh my God. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hey. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh my God. Anyway. Yeah. So trying to like find the balance of like feeling happy for what's going on in my own life because my life is still going on. But then like, because my brain is the way it is, it's like, how dare you feel happier? How dare you live your life? Like, because there's other things going on that are affecting the family as a whole. So like my response as in having situational depression is like sit there and binge watch the Sopranos and do nothing, which it makes me feel worse. Like I just feel like a slug. Well, um, can I interject for a second? Yeah. I think that, that has also been a byproduct of this situation that we're dealing with specifically is that there's been this, I don't know, like this air of like nothing else matters, but this thing that's going on. And so it's hard to like, feel like you said, feel happy and want to keep moving forward with your life when we were pretty much told like, this is the only thing that matters right now. Well, and, and that's been told to us. We've told that to ourselves and it's just gotten really muddy. Yeah. Um, also just feeling really paralyzed in my powerlessness. So part of being good in a crisis is knowing when to jump in, how to help, how to get things done and, and where, you know, I'm usually good at, at being a participant in the action oriented department. Uh, and that has not been the case, which has been, I don't, I don't know what word to use other than like, I feel like I've lost a sense of my identity. Um, and I'm not, it's like, it's not a role that I'm used to having being powerless and being, I, I don't want to say passive, but like a observer in the situation, I guess it's very, very difficult because I feel like my brain again goes into action oriented mode. I think about solutions. I think about, you know, if ABC, then X, Y, and Z. And what if we helped this way? Or what if we did it this way? And I'm always like bouncing ideas off with, you know, you and Aunt Adrian and whatever. And it's like, basically at the end of the day, it's like, I, I don't, there's not a place for me to do that. And it, it's very, it's devastating for me. Um, uh, I guess feeling vulnerable because I'm grieving in a way that, that I never thought I would have to, or at least like not now. Uh, I can't, I, I can't really like say too much more about it other than I didn't know grief would be a factor in this. Uh, and then like, where do I draw the line for needing to help or needing to be involved? Like how much do I insert myself versus like how much do I wait to be called upon? It's just, it's, so, it, there's so many 
Have you ever yeah. played that like team building game where everybody takes yarn and then like they tie it, like you guys go, like you only have two hands, well obviously you only have two hands, but then you guys all move around the room and then you have to figure out how to like untangle it mm. as a team. Like I feel like we're in the tangled stage right now and eventually we're going to have to figure, figure out how to untangle it. Well, yeah. And I think another, like something that I have observed you experience is like when you said when to wait to be called upon, like when you are called upon. Uh, turbo. Is that growling? Yes. I'm doing things they're here. They're not um, the podcasts, but we, at least we're not the reasons for the derailment this week. <laughs> true. But anyway, like when you if and when you are called upon. Do you really want to get involved or, or to what extent do you want to get involved? I think, I mean, is that rhetorical or can I answer? You can answer it. Yes, I want to be involved. And I also, like, I go into full-on panic mood because I don't, like, there's no manual. There's no, like, I don't have, like, a frame of reference for this to well, be able to act on. And wanting to be involved but not at your own expense. Yeah, that, that one I'm not good at. And it also feels selfish. Yeah. So anyway, so like, hence the spiraling. So I just go back and forth between these themes. And basically what I have been in the past couple weeks specifically, but more so in the past few days is like, at the end of the day, I have me. Like, I, I have myself. I have my life with Paul. I, I come home to myself. And, as, and that's kind of the same for everybody. At the end of the day, we, we only have ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my depression has the potential to spiral as well. And I mentioned this a little bit at the beginning, but honestly, it wasn't until we started taking notes for this episode that I realized I had fallen into my own spiral that was triggered by this same event. And I actually was just talking with, um, I had a coaching call before we got on to record this. And I think what I'm realizing just over the past few days, even in preparing for this episode is that I was not ready to name this as depression. I, I, that's exactly what it is, but I wasn't ready to call it that. And I think that even just us doing this episode and like bringing attention to it and calling it what it is, like that's the first step in bringing ourselves out of it. But um, also I need you to explain this concept of core feelings to me because you say it a lot and I don't really know where it comes from. Mad, glad, sad, fear, guilt, shame. Yeah. What is that? Um, so that comes from father daughter weekend from mankind project. And so like, if you're trying to talk to somebody and have a constructive conversation and you're like, I feel like you suck monkey balls. <laughs> That's not a core, that's not a core feeling. So you could, you could say like, I feel angry when you stick gum under the table at restaurants. And that would be like a core feeling associated with an action that somebody did. And then that leaves the floor open-ended for somebody to be able to say like, let's talk about that more. Or do you, I'm sorry that happened. Do you want to leave it where it's at? Hmm. Okay. And so my core feelings are not mad, glad, sc mad, glad, sad, fear, guilt, shame. 
I have lost in confusion because I just, I feel, I feel almost like I've been reborn, but like, I'm just, I'm lost. I don't know how, like, I feel like I have completely had to rebuild my life in the past five months. Yeah. And I'm just, there's a lot of things that are very muddy in this situation. There's a lot of things I'm very confused about. There's a lot of things with, with the exception of what the situation is. If you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, yeah. I know what's going on. I understand that. But there's a lot of other things that I'm very perplexed about. Okay. Well, with that being said, I think that my core feelings have been angry, hopeless, and rejected. And my repeated themes, my spiral is nothing ever. Nothing I ever do is good enough. Um, also feeling guilty for being happy. Wanting to put myself first and then feeling guilty when I do. Um, feeling like I've been carrying around a huge weight on my shoulders and like wanting to just take it off, but not knowing how. Um, and then the overwhelming theme being allowed, not being allowed. I mean, yeah, this is like, I, I don't know if our family will ever listen to this episode, but it does scare me because, you know, this is our experience with it and we're talking about it. Um, but yeah, it's it's hard to be a a knower in a situation, but not to be able to, to be a explainer of the situation. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that that gets really heavy over time. Yeah. And so the the overwhelming theme that has been coming up for me is what about me? And after twenty nine years of people pleasing and self sacrificing, um, that's what I'm left with. Like, what about me? Um, and in this situation in particular to say, what about me feels selfish, guilt, shame, you know, those emotions come up with it, but I've just been having these moments and I think it's like inner child stuff too. It's like, what about me? Like, but what about me? What about how I feel? What about what I'm going through? Um, and that's been of all those things, that's been the biggest one. Well, and I don't know if you too, but like I have the what about me thing. And then that's followed by like the voices in my head being like, you're really selfish for saying that right now. I can't believe you're saying that right now. But then I, and then it follows up with, but you're not selfish because you have, so like, again, it's like a constant war up in this noggin with this situation. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that one of the most difficult things for me is like Tina said, I know we've said it a couple times, but this is not our story to tell. And I'm, I know it feels weird that we're being cryptic, but we are doing our best to speak on what, what we are experiencing. So we've had our own experience with this. We've both struggled with it big time and it's been really hard to balance respecting this person and, and like our family really, but like respecting the wishes of not wanting to, to say like what's going on and, and share with people, but also like wanting to speak our truth and wanting to be heard. Like, again, what about me? Um, well, yeah. unconditional is what comes to mind. And it's not, not like, th- that's not in a negative connotation. It's just, again, it's heavy. You know, the boundaries set are warranted and, um, are, are not our decision. It's, it's the person's, um, but again, it's heavy. Um, 
we've been holding a really heavy load with like nowhere to place it. And at this point, my arms are noodles. I'm like SpongeBob when he gets to the blow up muscle arms for the weight competition, like when he gets them to go against Sandy and Larry, but then he can't lift anything except like the dumbbell with the bunny stuffed bunnies on the end, bunny toys. That's, that's pretty much where I'm at. My arms are noodles and <laughs> they don't do anything. And two, like, so I guess this just kind of popped into my brain, like this situation, like this podcast is solely about, I guess, talking about mine and Amanda's experience with our feelings and situational depression. Maybe one day we'll be able to talk about like the situation as a whole and how we've helped in it, how other people have helped in it. But like right now we're just talking about how it's affected us. Yeah. Yeah. Conditional. Like, as in, there's only space for us when it's convenient or when it doesn't cause a disruption. And <clears throat> I was listening to Jessa Reed's most recent energy update uh, the other day, and she said something like, don't hand over your vulnerability to people who don't have space for it. Which, again, That's brings true. me back to this theme of what about me? And there's there's this part of me that wants my experience with all of this to be validated. And what I'm realizing is that I keep bringing that desire to have that validated to people who cannot validate it for me and I need to give it to me. Um, and I'm trying to give it to myself to remind myself that what I feel is valid, but that is really difficult. I'm not going to lie. And well, and you even, you even called me out on it too. Like this weekend, like you're like, you said you like felt sad for me. Yeah. And it's, it is sad. It's sad. It's sad, but again, it is what it is, and we have a choice to do something with it or to let it consume us. Yeah, um, and outside of our experience with this particular situation, I have another example of situational depression that I'm sure we can both relate to, and that is the situational depression slash grief that comes with major life events, holidays, um, it's gotten a lot easier to deal with over the years, but for me, there will always be this little black cloud that is the fact that our dad is no longer with us. And every year on his birthday and the anniversary of his passing, I allow myself to have a down day. Um, I used to do this before I moved to Virginia. Like I would take off that day from work every year. Um, I haven't done it for the past couple of years, but I would take the day off and just like give myself the day to really feel it. And, you know, I have some of those days in between for sure, but without fail, that depression and grief like hits me pretty hard on those days. And of course, like major life events, like I remember it was probably like 15 minutes before Tina's wedding ceremony. And we were all like everybody in the wedding was waiting in the hallway. And our brother, Joey, looked upset and our mom asked him what was wrong. And he started crying and said, I just really wish dad was here, which of course caused me to cry um, immediately. And he and I both had to like take a walk and get our shit together. But I don't really remember what you were doing at that point, Tina, but I was like, fuck, I'm going to like ruin this makeup that was professionally done. Um, but you know, like I don't remember that. I remember you telling me about it, but I wasn't there for that moment. I, yeah, Joey's speech is what got me. That's when it hit me. And I was like, wow, this is like a huge thing. And yep, I felt it. <sighs> yeah. Um, and right before that, like we were all like joking and messing around and like everything was cool. But then like, just like it that. It hits you out of nowhere. It hits you out of nowhere. And um, 
And I remember for my wedding that I was carrying around that weight too, that my dad wouldn't be there and that he wouldn't be the one walking me down the aisle. And I didn't know where to put that. Um, I didn't feel like there was space for that grief on that day um, for many reasons, but I just like, I didn't know what to do with it. Like I had those feelings. And so I stuffed them down instead and pretty much ignored it. <laughs> we do that. Yeah. We'd, it'd be like uh, that sometimes. So like recognizing when we are depressed, I think that's a good segue, like kind of saying that like it hits you out of nowhere. It's, it, that's true. Um, for me, like recognizing when I'm depressed, it's, it's 100% an internal battle. Um, I will say that, that my body does a great job of like letting me know when this is going to happen because my depression and anxiety are not constantly happening. And I think that's the important takeaway here is that like we're at least myself, I am not like a being that's just like walking around doom and gloom every day. And like, and if that is you and you, and you have, have that like more power to you because when you are trying to function as a depressed individual, everything is like a billion times harder. Um, so I do feel thankful in a way that this only happens from time to time and it's not, it's not constant. It does feel constant these past five months. This is like kind of the longest spurt I would say I've had, but uh, overall it's not constant in my life. But uh, basically what happens is I have a really large panic attack, which I assume is kind of like the buildup, the lead up to the depression. And then I like, I recover from that. And then the depression hits me like a ton of bricks. I think that with my anxiety, it takes so much energy for me to like process these pent up emotions. First of all, get pent up. Like when you feel yourself having an anxiety attack, you go from like zero, you're fine. And then you can feel your blood pressure rise and then you can feel your chest starting to tighten. And then you can feel yourself like start to stare off into the abyss of nothing. Um, and then you get emotional and it's like, it, there's a lot of intricacies that go into a panic attack that I don't think people really realize. Um, but yeah, so, you know, it's a process with the emotions that once I finally do calm down, I have nothing left to give, which is why the depression creeps in. I'm like, I'm basically spent. So it just, it goes into a downer. But when I go through periods like this, I, I am like very high functioning. I can take care of my day-to-day -day responsibilities with minimal issues. I am genuinely happy being distracted from my own thoughts. I'm genuinely happy being at work. I'm genuinely happy being with people, um, doing things that, I can kind of just like escape from what I'm thinking. And I think also too, that kind of goes back to like my whole thing of running the roads, having my weekends planned out by rotation because I, I couldn't, I was too afraid to deal with my own feelings. Um, but yeah, uh, high functioning depression, anxiety, that's what it's called. And, and once I get home, there's again, nothing left and I crash and burn. Sometimes I'll sleep the rest of the day and I'll be up all night. Uh, sometimes I get in bed and I watch TV until midnight. I have a hard time focusing on conversations. I stop doing my mental health practices, like walking, cooking, pulling cards, being outside. Um, I'll eat really big meals. So like I, I'll eat nor I'll eat at normal times, but then I just, I full send with my binge eating um, and I just can't keep my house in order, which also like then in turn makes me more anxious because I don't like dirtiness. Um, so it's, 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 just, it's a good time. I'm remembering, I think it was your episode where you snapped at Paul. Do you like living in filth? 
Oh my, bless his heart. He listened to that episode with me and he's like, yep, that's exactly how it happened. <laughs> um, but every time I've dealt with situational depression, it just, it feels like I'm being weighed down by a wrecking ball. Like I have a chom-chom attached to my ankle and it's dragging me in the other way. And I'm like trying to go in the direction I want to go. So I have to use all my energy, like just to move my body and to think of things to say. Um, but yeah, the five, past five months have been amplified times 10 and I haven't set the boundary with myself that I do not have to spend every free moment worrying and dwelling because like, <sighs> I don't know. I wish I could, I wish I could not be cryptic and, and say more, but the, the amount of love that I have for this person and the amount of loss and confusion that I have associated with this situation has just been too much for me. Yeah. And I think too, like this whole situation has kind of put our family on pause. Meanwhile, yeah. things are happening for me and Tina and it's, it's hard to balance. Like everybody else is standing still like where what do we do where do we go but um yeah for me the three biggest signs that i'm depressed are that i don't take care of myself or my space and that i isolate myself and our mom has actually pointed this out to me before um but you can like see in pictures when i'm not happy in my relationships because i look like a little homeless like i don't do my makeup and i'm wearing like yoga pants and a t-shirt not that we don't love a good pair of yoga pants but um like when I'm happy, I take the time to like put myself together because it makes me feel good and like do my hair and do my makeup and pick a cute outfit. But there, you know, there's definitely times where I'm not put together and I don't give a fuck, but you can definitely see in some pictures where I'm not taking care of myself and I'm not happy. And as far as not taking care of my space, Tina and I actually just talked about this the other day when she was at my apartment. Um, this is a little embarrassing to admit, but my bathroom trash was overflowing and like not gross, but just like, you know, spent TP rolls and used makeup wipes and whatever. But she was like, Hey, your bathroom trash looks like my bathroom trash. <laughs> and for the oh, past wow. like month, I have been completely, completely neglecting my space. Like I'll do the laundry and then I'll put the clothes, the clean clothes on the bed. And then when it's time to go to bed, I put them in the basket and then I just dump it out and do that every single fucking day. Um, and the kitchen table and coffee table have just been like covered with random crap. And it like wasn't disgusting. Like I'm not living in filth, but it was disorganized and cluttered. Um, and I just like really haven't cared to do anything about it till now. And then. Well, and that, that has a name. It's, I can't remember. I have to look it up, but it's called, I think it's something along the lines of like depression nesting. So basically like hmm. the more cluttered that you've had, like the more clutter that you have when you're going through like, a bout of depression or, or if you are just clinically depressed, like it's, it's, it's protection mode. Like you, the more stuff you feel, the more clutter you feel. It's like, you're taking away that space for you to feel your emotions. That makes sense. Yeah, for sure. And I think also like my, my outer space has been a reflection of my inner space, just like all fucking over the place. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Me um, too. And then the last thing that I do that I know um, kind of signals that I'm depressed is that I isolate myself. Like I decline invitations to do things. I don't answer my phone. Um, if people offer me help, I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm fine. I don't need it. What's wrong? Nothing like all that stuff. But I think part of it is that I don't want to be a burden to other people, but 
Um, the other part is that I know if I spend time around people, especially the people that love me and care about me, that they will likely point out that something is off with me. So if I'm not ready to deal with whatever I'm dealing with, I just fuck off for a little while and push everybody away. Well, like with me, like I, the whole like feeling like a burden thing, sometimes I feel like this goes into like self-sabotage, but sometimes I feel like why would my friends want to be friends with me? Because like, especially right now, because I don't really have a lot else to talk about other than I, or I should say, I haven't had much else to talk about other than this colossal puzzle that I'm trying to piece together and I'm really struggling with. And, um, you know, it's on my mind every day, almost all day. And, 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 you know, my friends specifically, specifically my one friend, Karen, who I talk to pretty, like pretty regularly, like almost every day, maybe every other day. But, uh, I, my communication with her is kind of tapered off, but that's, that's kind of like a response of, I feel embarrassed because I, you know, as of recently, I haven't had much happiness to talk about, <laughs> but turning that around, I'll talk about that later. Yeah. And I think too, it's like, like I said, being a burden, like, oh, these people don't want to hear me talk about this again. Or like, I'm still sad. Like no one wants to hear about how sad I am. Um, but I'm also realizing through this whole process is that the people, your people, the people who matter, number one, they don't care. Like they want to be there for you, but also like you got to have those people in your life that are going to be like, Hey, like Tina and I have started, this is like new for us, but we've started, um, we've developed a code word for like when we're talking about heavy things too much and we're kind of over it. So we just kind of use that code yeah. word and we're like, all right, we're done talking about this. Let's talk about happy stuff now, but uh, yeah, let's move on. So those people will be able to like help you process it. And I think that's part of the reason why we avoid them too, is because like, yeah, they're going to call me out and they're going to help me work through this and I'm not ready to work through it. Yep. That's a good way, a good segue into coping. Um, I always thought that I was really good at coping. I always thought that by me being transparent and, and, and sharing and being an open book on social media, that that meant that I was coping really well with the things that I've been through in my life. But what I have realized is that um, I use transparency to push people away in a way, but then I also use, I like pick and choose what I'm transparent about. So like, I'm very transparent about our father's suicide. I'm very transparent about the fact that we have known grief and loss. Um, I was very transparent in uh, my mom Fran's end of life care and, and like that experience. But what I wasn't transparent about is like what that was doing to me and, and you know, coming home and, and falling apart to Paul and, and being sad and like, heavy responsibility at a young age like those are the things that I that I keep behind closed doors that like maybe if people knew a little bit more they would understand why maybe I have the quirks I have or or just understand me at, at large like um I also think the part of like pushing people away is like I project that I'm too much to handle um and, and I'm left alone like don't get me wrong. I am a lot to handle, but not for the reasons where people should feel like they can't approach me or that like, Oh, this girl says is too loud or too boisterous or 
is too, it has way too much that she's gone on. You know, one thing that I do worry about and being open about these things is like, I don't want to be labeled as like this crazy girl with this crazy home life with this crazy, these crazy things. Because again, I think the essence of our podcast is that things just happen in life and like we're here promoting that you should choose the path that's going to be for your highest good, not the one that's going to tear you down in the process. Yeah. You know, some people, some people don't understand. Some people will never know what it feels like to have so many, you know, moments of adversity mixed in with so much good and how to like make that all make sense. Um, But some people, this is like, this hits right right on the, right on the head of a nail, hit the nail on the head, whatever. Um, it's fine. But yeah, where I'm going with it, I kind of lost my thought. So I'm going to move on. So I'm not rambling, but, uh, my established coping before I guess all this and before I got kind of deep into my will was going to therapy. I picked that back up last year. Um, I am, I am not a stranger to therapy. I've been going since my Grammy died when I was six. Um, on and off and then cooking. I love cooking, uh, specifically this past year going to, to farmer stands and getting different ingredients and then finding a recipe online. Like that has been a really good channel for my energy is to like, instead of focus on things I can't control, focus on what I can't control and then like make something beautiful out of, out of it. So, um, everybody kind of had a good time this summer. I made like bagels at one point, this like blueberry lemon poke cake and we had a good time. Uh, and then gardening. I had my first real garden where I wasn't just doing like little, little buckets with flowers in it. And, um, I made garden boxes and like planted. I like, I, I physically like reaped what I sowed. And that was so, that was so much for me. Like, on a meditative level, on a spiritual level that like, if you put the work in care, like I'm out there every morning taking care of my plants, like taking off any dead flowers, looking for the bugs that like to munch on my basil, you you know, just, it was very symbolic for me to see, like, to see myself put so much effort and so much care, so much um, time into this little garden and, and all of the beautiful things that came from it was very emotional for me in the end, because I realized that like, if I could do that for myself, imagine where, where I would be. And I still haven't done that for myself, but I know, I know, like, I know I can get to that point. And I know that when I do that, it's going to be really good for me in the end. Um, but then, you know, this, as of this year, pulling cards, so really trying to connect to my spirituality, um, grounding myself in nature, uh, and, and moving energy specifically like these past few weeks, because my depression has gotten to a point where like, I feel like, I feel like sludge. Like I just feel stuck and gross and worn down. And so I joined a gym and I really like fitness classes because I don't like being alone. I like being with people and having that sense of community. So I've been doing TRX with, uh, one of my colleagues and doing spin, I even bought freaking spin shoes. Like, wow. I'm, I know. So, you know, that's been really good for me starting my garden up this year and just trying to, 
to do things that are going to be helpful versus like laying around and doing nothing and then also binge eating because <laughs> those are like my unhealthy coping mechanisms that I'm used to. So I have, I've talked to my aunt, Ariana and Adrian a lot about this situation and specifically she made the suggestion of like setting aside time each day where I allow myself to feel the feelings fully and like dwell as much as I need to in the allotted time frame. And she told me that on Sunday. So, you know, it's Tuesday now. I've only given it two days uh, but it's going really well. I journaled the first day today. I kind of just, I, I listened to some songs in the car while I was driving around town and going to the garden centers. And, um, and if I felt like the thoughts creeping in, I told myself like, not, it's not time for that. It's not time for that. And it helped me. I was able to concentrate much better today than I have in, in weeks. So thanks, Anne Adrian. You're the real MVP. <laughs> She's best. She really is. Oh my God. Um, I think for me that I am aware of what my coping mechanisms are, especially my healthy ones, but it's really difficult for me to use them when I get depressed, like I have been. And when I'm depressed and I'm not taking care of myself, not doing much of anything. And when I'm not doing much of anything and not taking care of myself, I feel like I'm failing. And so I have a tendency to like sink into the space that's really hard for me to get out of. And I go back to all my own patterns, binge eating, watching TV all night, scrolling through social media for hours, and I just get stuck there. Um, so therapy has been helping for sure. Journaling, playing with paint, going for a walk outside, moving my body, taking a bath, um, pulling cards. This week specifically, I am committed to literally and energetically clearing my space so on Sunday, I folded and put away like literally almost a month worth of laundry. And every day I have been chipping away at cleaning and decluttering. And like cleaning and decluttering my spaces is just an instant mood booster. And so that's my focus this week. Um, I also bought a cute little cube shelf for my craft slash woo room. And I'm getting rid of things and reorganizing. So the cube shelf is going to hold all my card decks. And then I'm going to use the top. I have a... Um, a crystal grid and I'm going to make like a little altar self uh, altar self an altar to my higher self and like who I'm trying to be. Um, so that's going to be cool. And there's just one more thing that I want to touch on before we pull cards and finish up. Um, you get to decide. Oh, there we go. Dropping my crystal again. Um, you get to decide how long you want to stay in this space. And this isn't to like cast judgment on anyone like be depressed as long as you need to be depressed. But the only one that can pull you pull you out of your depression is you. And yeah. you have to decide that you want to make a change. You have to decide that you don't want to feel the way you feel anymore. And once you make that decision, you take it one step at a time. You call a friend, you go for a walk, you schedule a therapy appointment, scream into a pillow, do something, then do it again and again and again until you start to feel like yourself. And so I think um, that suggestion from Anne Adrian of like, if you need to give yourself, you know, I am going to spend the next 30 minutes or whatever, you know, journaling or whatever, feeling, feeling this, and then I'm going to move on and I'm going to go do something that's healthy and productive and that's good for me and makes me feel better. Um, so there is nothing wrong with being depressed. There is nothing wrong for with being, you know, we just said we've been depressed for basically five months and didn't really realize it until now, but yeah, you get to decide how long you want to be there. Um, and I know I keep giving shout outs to my coaching, but one thing we talked about today is like, she, oh God, fucking crystal. Um, keep it together. I'm trying. She, 
I was having some technical difficulties. So she actually um, did, I guess it was kind of like automatic writing for me before I, I got into the session. And um, she was like, have you like, have things been feeling heavy for you? And I was like, yeah. And she said that what she wrote down was like, sit in it and feel it until you understand it and then move on. And that, that realization and that thought was really big for me is like, we, I have been feeling this way for months and it's been just yeah. getting kind of progressively worse, but I haven't actually taken the time to sit down and try and understand. I've just kind of been like, okay, I feel like shit. And that's just the way it is. But really over the past week or two, I'm trying to like sit with that and think, okay, why do I feel this way? So like seeking to understand it. And then once you understand it, then you can make a game plan for how to get out of it. You know, also not to like, yes, all of what you said, but what, like what I just realized, like for myself is I think that I'm, I'm choosing to stay in this depressive state so I can like feel as bad as this situation as bad as some of the people feel in this situation to try and like relate or like, again, it kind of goes back to like the punishing myself. Like if I feel yeah. bad, then I'm doing what I'm supposed to by relating. So yeah. Um, I just, I'm at a point where I, I don't think I can, I can't stay down here anymore. Yeah. Same. I have to get up. I have to get up. And, and um, another thing, like Amanda said, I'm also chipping away at like cleaning and, and, getting my life back in order. But, uh, what I'm going to do too is like, I, I have, I don't have like voices in my head, but I have one voice in my head that tells me how much I suck. Um, and so I'm going to put some sticky notes on my mirror and like set reminders as I'm getting ready that I can read. Why are you laughing? Cause I just got to tell you something <laughs> right now or later. No, go ahead. I'll tell you now, but finish your thoughts. Sorry. Anyway, I'm going to, I want to put that up so I can, you know, just remind myself. Like, I think that's the biggest thing is like, I just have to keep reminding myself to keep pushing. Like I have to keep moving forward and I have to keep finding my happiness. And like, also too, like, it's not just my life that I'm living. I have a life with my husband. My husband has been incredible through this. Um, and he deserves the best version of myself as well as I deserve the best version of myself. Yes. Yes. Um, what I was going to say is another thing that came out of coaching tonight is that she said to give a, give a name to that negative voice in your head. And she like, she kept saying Karen, cause that's like, you know, that's like a common whatever, but <laughs> I hadn't shared this with her yet, but then she's like, just think on it. Like, you know, give it a name so that when you, you give it a name, it detaches it from you. So you're like, this is not Tina saying, Tina, you are a piece of shit and you suck. So the name, <laughs> the name that came to my mind was uncle Gino. <laughs> I don't know why, oh. but like, oh I can just, God. I can just picture like these negative thoughts in my head that are just like, you're, you're fat and you're lazy and like all these, whatever the fuck negative things that I tell myself. But like, I could just picture this like fat, like with like a, like a white, dirty white t-shirt that's like, doesn't cover his whole stomach, just like a fucking uncle dr drunk uncle Gino. So now that's what a I'm going to do. Drunkle. That's what I'm going to do anytime I'm going to try every time that these like negative thoughts pop into my head. I'm just gonna be like, Hey, uncle Gino, like, I don't want to hear this from you right now. Um, 
And that's really great. So I would challenge you, Tina, and also listeners to the negative voice in your head that like talk shit to you, give it a name and then be like, hey, Uncle Gino, I'm not. We're going to we're gonna start next week. We're going to start next week with talking about the name I come up with. That's okay, rich. Cool. I got to I got to I got to think about it. But also one more thing. Um, a lot of what like, you've been talking about in this episode is like speaking your truth. And I want to get really clear about that definition because because you know, um, okay. speaking your truth does not negate anybody else's truth. When you say speaking your truth, that means you're talking about your situation alone. You're not trying to take anybody else's experience away or invalidate their feelings. Because if you sit there and talk about how like your feelings are invalid or like your feelings are valid, but somebody else's feelings are invalid, then that just makes you the whole purpose of being authentic just goes goes in the trash like it's about the principles so if we're going to preach being authentic we have to be able to hear and receive other people's authenticity um so i i think i'm doing a little projecting at this moment but i want i just want you guys to know that like this isn't just like amanda and i's sad soliloquy it's this is our story again and also there's a lot of other moving parts to it because i think speak your truth has a bad rep like in social media and, um, you know, just in, in, in the history with it, like some people really resonate with that statement and then other people think that it's like a cop out, but just know that we're talking about our experience alone and in our quest of being authentic, you have to be open to hearing everybody else's truth too. Yeah. So anything you want to say to that? No, I think that's good. And on uh, on that note, um, let's pull some cards. So I pulled, picked two decks. Um, I have Vikings and like Nordic and like all that. That's been coming up for me a lot. So I actually have a Viking Oracle deck. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pull from the Viking Oracle deck to for how we can manage our depression. Um, this is what I'm going to do. You can do something else. I'm going to pull a Viking card for myself for how I can better manage my depression. And then I'm going to pull from my sacred destiny Oracle for what we need to hear right now. Cool. Cool. All right. So let's see what the Vikings have to say about how I can manage my depression. We love a good, uh, Viking energy pull. Yeah. All right. Two. Interesting. Wow. Okay. So my thing when like synchronicities happen and like just crazy shit is fucking magical. So um, someone from the AOD community had actually done um, like a, a Reiki session and pulled cards for me. And the cards that she pulled were number 40 and 41. And I, these are literally number 40 and 41. Um, and she said that that's, Bowsers. well, yeah, so that's cool. Number one, but she also said that's a good sign because like, that shows that there's a progression and like you're moving forward. So 40 to 41. So 40 is the thing is what it says. And it's a handshake, which is also interesting for a different reason that I'm not going to mention right now. Um, All right. The thing, make a firm decision, do your due diligence regarding contracts and legal disputes. If you're involved in a political situation at work, get to the heart of the matter and be flexible. Try diplomacy before resorting to harsher means. 
And there's a little like poem that comes along with it. We call upon the gods to witness and to converse, to help us be wise, to speak with clarity, speak your truth, to be just, to be honorable, to make decisions with eyes fair to the future that will benefit kin, community, and those who are yet to walk upon this world. Wow. Yeah. Um, let's see. While Norsemen had a reputation. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we were just talking about like healing our shit so that future generations don't have to carry it with them. Um, while Norsemen had a reputation for being savage fighters and raiders, they also had well-established rules for settling disagreements and upholding their laws. All free men could attend region regional and kinship things where they would practice or where they would participate in discussions of political and legal issues. In keeping with their oral tradition, all ap applicable laws and guidelines were recited by a learned speaker, uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, as most things, sites were out in the open until the last few years, archaeologists found very little physical evidence to guide our understandings of these proceedings. Um, however, the 11th century thing site, I love that it's called the thing, um, got uh, recently discovered beneath a parking lot in the town of Dingwall, Scotland, is just one of the number of new finds. From these, we have learned that things were social as well as legal events, depending on the size of the thing. Um, let's see. Most of us welcome wise counsel, and when we ask for it, and for justice to be served when necessary. Should this card come to your attention, know that you will be granted both of those gifts should you be open to accept them. So I think this is kind of like having like a reckoning, like, and this is where you and I both are with our depression is like, we are not, we don't want to be in this space anymore. Um, so we're right. going to have the thing right. and we're going to shake on it and we're going to move on. And then 41 is Thor. The time for action has come. Hesitate no more. Bust that rut. <laughs> protect protect those weaker than yourself you can be both forceful and sensitive you are loved and protected thor has a shield arm around you thanks thor um the oh little the little poem the son of the wise swings his hammer smashing ignorance and inertia making all new in its all new in its force strong is his honor strong are his hands courage in his heart shielding um all in midgard um, let's see. Today we can look to Thor's energy when we need to take real action. He is a brilliant rut buster. We busting ruts out here. We've been in a rut and we bust. <laughs> I can't. If you feel inert, tired, or frustrated that things are not manifesting, call upon Thor and his mighty hammer to smash the way through. He is protective of his own. You can feel safe knowing that Thor's might will shield you, shield you as you move ahead into the unknown. Thanks, Thor. Wow, I really, oh my God, I resonate with Thor. Thanks, honey. Yeah. All right, so then. Excuse me. Bless you. That was embarrassing. Sacred destiny, and this is just what I need to hear right now, or what, what do Tina and I need to hear right now? Are you asking your cards? I am. You're incredible openness you don't ask your cards you gotta ask them i do no i do i do uh openness i just never heard you ask them like oh. verbally all right so this the picture is like a big full moon and constellations the cycles of the moon affect every aspect of our life the cyclical magnetic pole regulates the tides as it acts 
on our planet's waters. The moon even affects the monthly cycles of women. It's not an accident that a woman's cycle and the cycle of the moon are approximately the same amount of time. In native cultures, when women lived in nature, it was not uncommon for them to menstruate during the new moon and ovulate around the full moon. Interesting. It was believed that menstruation was the time that a woman had to be still, put her everyday labors aside, and renew. For all people, the dark of the moon was a time to incubate ideas, watch nocturnal dreams for signs and be still. In modern life, we as a culture don't honor these natural cycles as often. And as a result, our lives usually are usually bereft of this important time of, re- of rejuvenation. When you receive this card, be open to receiving signs. Be still, do nothing, be open, breathe. Relax completely and thoroughly. Incubate your dreams for the future. If you're trying to make a decision, take time to watch for signs and listen to the whispers of the universe. Watch your dreams for messages regarding the situation. Become the sacred watcher. Observe life as it unfolds rather than being constantly engaged in it. Interesting. Be receptive to messages from your soul. This card can also be a bringer of sacred wonders into your life. Miracles can show up in ways that you didn't expect. Wow. It's it's funny because in the big, like, this depression is, like, I think I quite literally use the word cyclical. <laughs> and there it is in that reading. Um, yeah. And, Go ahead. I was to say, like, I'm, I am trading this, like, I'm, I'm on the roads. I'm, I'm coming out of the storm road and I'm going into the rainbow road because I need it. I need a new cycle of mental, mental health, Um, mental patterns. patterns. Yeah. And not only that, but this is another thing that I'm learning in coaching is like being observer of your life instead of like, so when you get triggered and start to spiral, like just zoom out and be like, wow, when that happens, that's how I react. And that's super interesting instead of being like, oh my God, everything's terrible. Well, it's funny because like this podcast, not just this podcast, but like with my woo, it's really helped me to like look above, like I'm, I'm above looking down at myself and I'm like, oh, so that's why I do that. (laughs) Yeah. And I think just intuitively like openness, um, we need, this goes back to the the whole reason that inspired this episode in the first place is that we need to be open to good things. Yes. Um, I'm pulling from my earth warriors and then I'm going to pull from my self care. I think that's a good ending point because ideas for self care are always welcomed. Um, earth warriors. I'm asking for guidance on what Amanda and I need to be better rut busters in our life. Ah, busting ruts. Okay. May I have another? May I take your order? Oh my gosh. Wow. You know. Fucking magical. All right. So the first one I got was Clan of the Wolfheart, and that's actually one that I pulled for somebody that I did a reading for um, the other day, and that's pretty, pretty incredible. Um, Okay, so the Clan of the Wolfheart, we are the ones we've been waiting for. Oh, fuck. Yeah, I know, I know. You belong to the Clan of the Wolfheart. This is a soul tribe with boundaries beyond bloodlines and geography. It is based on soul connection to love's wisdom and higher truths of great spirit. 
The clan is united through wolf medicine and the heart. These are the qualities of the divine feminine that unify, allowing for a palpable experience uh, of oneness, 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 oneness. Anyway, words uh, that brings power to our collective wisdom and purpose. So reach out for help from others while honor while honoring and like respecting your individual. Indiv- <laughs> I get I get really excited when things like fall into place that I forget how to talk. Sorry, guys. Individuality, not individually, but uh, it's fine. And your own unique life journey. Balance social time with taking care of your own individual needs, including the need for time out in solitude to hear your inner truths and renew yourself. Anger can be a sign from the soul, a sacred gift that asks you to deal with a situation to bring about something different and more empowering. Use your anger as a sacred gift with compassion and clear purpose. Fight wholeheartedly when you need to safeguard what truly matters to be open to a greater guiding wisdom so that you know when to be merciful and when to cut something off completely believe in the power of your inner voice and do not silence yourself okay um through the wolf heart or soul we are soul kin while our uh, external identities may shift and change with circumstance our soul tribe is fixed uh in the heart of the wolf way it is the backbone of the emerging new world culture. This began as an alternative culture, but is now growing stronger in numbers and becoming more pervasive in consciousness and in influence and in power. It is rising up as the saving grace, guiding the human race into a new order um, because our personalities are strong and we are not afraid to voice our individual truths. We may get our buttons pushed by each other at times. However, when we remember that we are on the same team, fighting for the same greater purpose, we can forgive and encourage each other and not take it too personally and continue to effectively harness the power of what we can accomplish together. Mm. And that, in that sweet. So there's like a, a little mantra that you say. So it says like, say aloud, my spirit claims divine territory upon the earth. I trust in the supernatural ability of my soul to determine, shift, and enforce the spiritual territory under my rightful guardianship as a way shower and a pathfinder. I accept all divine blessings to fulfill the sole purpose of the wolf way, providing protection and sanctuary for those beings within my care. I give and receive uh, from my soul tribe with a willing heart and empowered in the wolf way. May we be blessed and guided by the great spirit to fulfill our destinies and inspire each other as the ways of darkness are overcome by the ways of light and i think that that is like not even just dealing with depression but i think that this one has to do with like our situation is like i think at the end of the day like we know we're better together um but we had to figure out what that looks like you know yeah and and i think in order for us to be able to know what that looks like we have to call into ourselves and recognize like recognize our own behaviors our own patterns our own thoughts what what is affecting us from being able to like progress forward um so i really like that card and the artwork's beautiful but then i pulled in antikana antikana anyway child of the light and so ironically enough it has a big old butterfly on it and in my garden i bought a bunch of butterfly um garden ornaments and I actually bought one that represents Samantha and represents me and like how we're just kind of we came out of our cocoons and we're really trying to do the darn thing so I'm excited to see what this says because I have not pulled this one okay so again in in Tikana, child of the light there's a divine light that does not cast 
the shadow, nor does it cast judgment, even though it reveals truth. A truth that is sometimes hard to acknowledge and requires that we change our ways. True divine light is healing. It is unifying. It brings hope and um, illumines the way. Other sorts of light exist on this planet that are not so pure nor so helpful. Those sorts of light may appear stunningly bright, yet it yet in effect create separation and in increase ego. You can recognize genuine divine presence, not by how dazzling it may appear at first, but by what your devotion to that divine light evokes in your heart and in your world. Um, so trust your feelings over appearances, move away from influences that create fear, negativity, or doubt in you, reach out for that, which uplifts your heart, spiritual protection is being offered, refuse to be dazzled by ego, masquerading as something spiritual, through your prayers and efforts, spiritual light has been accumulating on the inner planes, even though you may not sense, um, that consciously as yet there will be an intersection of events and circumstances in your physical world through which that light shall pour forth and manifest itself as grace continue with your spiritual devotion there's something truly good to come of it well i'll be damned well and what did i just that tell you the other day like let's start focusing less on what our life looks like like and more on what it feels like yep yep I am taking this card and I'm putting it on my uh, live by the sun and love by the moon. I think that's the card of the week. I really love that child of the light. There you go. Um, and then I'm going to end it with some self-care cards because that's easy peasy lemon squeezy. And I feel like with depression, we have to kind of pull ourselves out of the rut. And um, self-care is really important. And it's not just a Netflix and chill nor is it a bubble bath. But these cards do give you those types of ideas because I get I Are you gonna to take care of yourself. Pull one for you and one for me. Yes. So the first one I pulled for you, Amanda, was look at the fairies. Look at oh, the fairies. Wow. Fairies coming up for me again. <laughs> I know, all the time. See one for me. Come on, I know I'm a high maintenance one, but give me one. I like, yeah, you are. Oh, meditate. Ooh, there you go. <laughs> I could use that. And look at that. It has the spiral, but it's like a rainbow happy spiral. Wow. Fucking synchronicities. Fucking magical. So I'm going to put that on my thing. Meditate. Amazing. Well, so just some concluding thoughts. Um, I hope this episode has brought some clarity in real world struggles even the strongest people go through every day you may be faced with a challenge and every day you are granted the opportunity to create your reality um my mantra for this time is that it's okay to take care of me that's something that i don't say ever um or really do in in depth uh, but i also want to take a moment to shout out my support system my husband who's been so sweet and patient with me as i unpack some really heavy things these past five months my sister and aunt who keep it all things woo-woo and love and also my friends who have been patient through my happy moments and seclusive moments in the past five months it's been turbulent but uh i appreciate everybody that is in my in my in my corner yeah, so this has been a reminder that it is okay to not be okay. Feel what you need to feel, process what you need to process, and then move on. And if you need help, reach out. Our DMs are always open. Um, yes. So, yeah. 
um, episode seven. We're out here busting ruts. This one, uh, this was a lengthy one, but it was a good one. Yeah. All right, everybody. We will see you next time. Peace.